Welcome one and all to episode 325 of Signals from Mars. I'm your host, Victor. And for this episode, we have another hour one quality music discussion with my patrons. This was a last minute kind of get together. We're supposed to have uh, a guest on and we have to push things back an hour. So this is what we came up with. I'm ready. Let's do it. So the original idea for this episode was to have Opus, a.k.a. Christian Lawrence of the band Dead by Wednesday, among others. Uh, He was supposed to be on the show, and he was on the show. So if you check out the video version, you'll see it, but the the audio quality just is not good. Um, The platform that I use, Restream, a few months back after Apple updated something with their iOS platform, um, you can no longer use iPhones or, or iPads without the audio being shit, basically. And I tell everyone, hey, please, if you have one of these devices, please note that uh, it just doesn't sound good. Please, you know, use a computer or please use something else because it just, doesn't work and I've gone back to them several times and there's kind of no workaround because Apple doesn't want to change the way that audio is obtained from Safari and they force people to use Safari instead of Chrome when it comes to the iPhone and the iPad so as a result shit audio um I've had this twice where it's been really, really bad. We had Jeremy used to have this issue uh, for some time too. And he switched over to a laptop. So now he sounds fine. But when I had, uh, he is legend on, um, Skylar from he is legend. It, I didn't release the podcast version because it just did not sound good. So um, it's similar to this with Opus. It's it's the same deal. It just does not sound good. So if you want to check that interview out, it is online. But the audio is kind of challenging to listen to. So last second, I scrambled my patrons. Some of them were able to jump on board. I knew it was a day that a lot of people would not be available. So... Um, it, it ended up being that uh, I just threw some questions out there. Uh, last minute thing that was sent to me regarding Queen and just um, a few other questions that came up while we were doing the entire discussion. And it still turned out all right, I think. These discussions with my patrons are always fun. That's why I encourage you guys to join us either in the chat or become a patron. and become part of 
the hour one shows where you can share your comments about the various topics that we discuss or submit your own topics for us to discuss. Uh, also, tonight we'll be doing the 1984 episode where it's based on uh, voting that my patrons did. So it'll, that will be a lot of fun. We've tallied up pretty much all the votes, or I've tallied up pretty much all the votes. I don't think we'll get anything else in. And it... Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. <laughs> Let's see what people think. So far, 42 albums have been voted on. I don't suspect that I will get any more lists, although I've reached out to a few people. And they haven't gotten back to me. So I don't think I'll, I'll get anything else back. But hey, it'll still be fun nonetheless. Uh, just remember to go to SignalsFromMars.com to follow or to find all the places where you can follow, share, like the episodes. I know that there are some issues with Google and Stitcher going on right now. All the episodes are available in their entirety on signalsfromars.com. So go there. I mean, that is your one-stop shopping for everything. Like I said, all the social media platforms, all of the streaming platforms, all of the video options, all of the ways you can subscribe to the podcast, or if you just want to go there and listen to them or download them directly from the site, that's cool too. So real quickly, shout out to my patrons, Sean Richmond, Chris Sinzak, Anthony Espin, Gene Eugene DX, Anthony Mackey, Ed Ferguson, Johan Edistrom, Metal Dan, Jose Ruiz, Chris Vaglio, Gabriel Ruiz, Brad Dahl, Mike Jones, Jeremy Weltman, Steve Hoker, and Steven Saylor. Thank you guys all for your support. If you're not into the whole Patreon thing, you could always do a, a, a PayPal donation, or you could do a buy me a pizza, buy me a coffee, but it's buy me a pizza instead. Whichever works for you. Thank you for listening to this episode. I do appreciate you being here, listening to the show, drop me a line anytime you want. Let me know whether you enjoy the show or not, whether you enjoy the comments, so on and so forth. Anyway, let's get on with it, folks. I did it two weeks in a row where I forgot to turn the cameras on. Anyway, welcome everyone to the February 17th edition of Signals from Mars. I'm your host, Victor. Joining me uh, are Johan and Brad. Uh, hey, guys. Hope everyone is doing well today. Jeremy is sick. Hope Jeremy gets better soon. But um, for anyone that is tuning in early for Opus, uh, he will be joining us in the second hour instead of the first, as oh, cool. uh, originally advertised. So uh, anyway, we have some interesting topics, nonetheless, to discuss with everyone. And we will chat with Johan and Brad until uh, Opus does join us in the second hour. Yeah. So, excellent. I um, just had somebody drop me a message a few minutes ago 
with a link to an article where Brian May now says that perhaps Queen invented thrash metal. Mm. Mm. Johan, what do you think? Do you think that Queen invented thrash metal? Now, I'm not saying that Queen isn't an influential band. I'm not saying that they're not a great band. But do you think that they invented thrash metal? I must have missed that record. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've heard, I think I've heard all Queen records, but that one I have missed. So, no, but of course, uh, I don't know what Brian May is thinking of, perhaps Stone Cold Crazy that... That made him think that, yeah, that, but, I don't know. Yeah. But even with Stone Cold Crazy. That's the only song. Yeah, Metallica took that song and made it their own. Mm. Now, they put the thrash element into the song. I mean, I don't know of any other thrash song where instead of hitting the, um, uh, the snare drum, you know, the drummer's playing on just the rim of the of the snare, which mm. is what Roger Taylor is doing in the original, where um, Lars is hitting the drum head with their version. And he's adding double bass, and they're adding things to it that, um, you know, that thrash it up, in my opinion. Brad, did you miss that Queen record as well? Or do you think that... Yeah, I, I just got this in the mail today. It's a CE for protecting uh, short-term memory mm-hmm. and other other forms of memory as uh, age, practical neuro, neuroscience. So I'm thinking Brian May needs to uh, join me at this CE <laughs> event. You can talk about protecting his memory of things that have happened once upon a time. Uh, yeah, I you're right. Stone Cold Crazy is the only song I can see being even close to thrash. I have played that song in a band before and it's, it, you got to be on it, man. It, I mean, it's, there's a lot of notes. You're going fast and fierce. And yeah, during the verse, uh, if you can call it that, you know, everybody kind of drops out, which I, I enjoy that kind of a thing when I'm playing live. I, I like, I like dynamics. Um, I get, but inventing. No, <laughs> no. Well, I who really invented thrash? I mean, you, there's several bands that played some fast songs um, before thrash really happened. And I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I know that Testament also covered Dragon Attack, but it's a similar thing where Testament kind of did their own thing. Who invented thrash? Well, I would think that you have to take a little of Motorhead, a little... Judas Priest, a little Iron Maiden, mm. um, a little, a little fast as a shark with accept. Yep. Accept, yeah, yeah. There's, there's another one. Um, yeah. Well, and you can also throw Saxon into the mix there. I mean, with the twenty thousand feet and heavy metal thunder. I mean, mm. those songs. I, I believe the first time I saw those songs live, uh, Metallica's warming up for those guys. Mm -hmm. But Metallica was already doing their thing, though. I mean, even though they hadn't done an album yet, they were very fast and fierce. But it was very obvious to me Mm -hmm. uh, by appearance and also musically, they were really uh, all about Iron Maiden at that point in their careers. Right. 
So right, and and Lars is the one that was really kind of the catalyst to put out. There's a, a compilation that he released called uh, "New Wave of British Heavy Metal '79 Revisited," which um, I mean, right there had early Iron Maiden, early Def Leppard, early Saxon, Praying Mantis, uh, Angel Witch, Witchfinder General, uh, Samson. So. I think a lot of these bands had a lot to do with what formed Metallica. And then I think Metallica's probably, and I don't think there's any argument with that. I think Metallica probably released the first proper thrash metal album. I mean, to me, Ride the Lightning is the first thrash metal album. I think Kill 'Em All was more of a new wave of British heavy metal album. It had elements of what they were going to do next. But I think right off the bat, you start off with fight fire with fire and that's thrash right there. That's, yeah. that's giving you what Metallica was going to do moving forward. What Slayer was then going to do, what Anthrax, Megadeth, Exodus, all these other bands um, for as much as, you know, they want to say that, um, you know, Mustaine had his writing in there. Yes, of course. Exodus had, you know, a lot to do with that. Yes. But Metallica was the first band to really change the style, to really put the first, you know, the flag down for, for thrash to me. Johan, what do you think? Well, what do you think is the first thrash album? Uh, I think that I agree with you. Uh, perhaps uh, the only thing I'm thinking of in, on Kill 'Em All is uh, Whiplash. Right. That song is different than Metal Militia. Uh, a little bit what uh, will come ahead. Uh, right, right. But I I agree with you, Victor. I can't think of any band that I know of before mm -hmm. perhaps there is in you know in the Bay Area or whatever but uh, <laughs> no well I mean if, is it all about speed is it about the, the guitar is it about the drums what really makes a song thrash I don't know I think it's a combination of everything I think it's the speed, I think it's the drums, I think it's the attitude, because thrash also, um, you take different elements of things, because yes, New Wave of British Heavy Metal had a lot to do with it, especially the guitars, but then as Johan mentioned, Fast as a Shark, um, uh, Jesus, I'm drawing a blank now, um, with um, Motorhead. Oh, overkill. Overkill. There yeah. you go. I was I was thinking Iron Fist and I'm like it's not Iron Fist, that's not the one, but Overkill. Yes. So, you have these elements that were that were married there, you know, with the the guitars with what the drumming that people were doing with other things because Fast Eddie Clark wasn't doing anything close to what Maiden or Priest or Saxon were doing, but you had that dirty, you know, bass that Lemmy had. You had the double bass that Filthy Animal Taylor was doing. 
And I think there were other things that were also brought into there. I think maybe it became more relevant with like suicidal tendencies or DRI where you had punk elements coming in. You had other things that weren't straight up new wave of British heavy metal that started to really come in there. And then Metallica started doing that as well. I mean, years and years later, they, they did a whole EP on just Ramon's uh, songs. So, I mean, I think just the simplicity of that, the speed of that had a lot to do with, with where, where we ended up going with the rash. So yeah, it's Venom. hard. Pink. I think that uh, the Venom, I don't know Venom if you mentioned yeah. them before, but that's uh, kind of an important band as well. Yeah. Even though their sound was so dirty and uh, the, the playing wasn't that well, the attitude, uh, it had a lot of attitude, those yeah, early yeah. Venom records. Well, like I just said, Ramones, Ramones wasn't known for its proficiency. I mean, there are certain part, there are certain things that, that they play that are challenging, you know, sure. It's, it's three bar. It's, it's three chords. Okay. But play those three chords at that speed. Mm. Um, play the, the drums as a drummer. You're, you're, you're playing the hi hat. They're 64th notes continuously. It's not just hi hat closed. It's not just one note. It's not four, four. It's continuous. You're playing the, the, you're playing all that. And that's a certain, Proficiency. I'm not saying that it's, you know, for some people that are playing 200 beats per minute that that isn't hard or, or whatever, but it's a different type of discipline. Mm. So, um, Brad, what were you going to add? I kind of cut you off there. Oh, no, you didn't. Um, I know I was just checking out when did Venom come out. Uh, it looks like they got together in 78, so that's pretty darn early. Yeah. And I don't know what their earliest stuff was like, but... I mean, there's there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can just say one band. I mean, there was a lot of bands that were doing, I think Motorhead certainly, I mean, even though they're not really thrash, they're playing fast and dirty. And right. I, I think they definitely had an influence on the whole scene. But I mean, even, even if you look at new wave of British heavy metal, you look at a band like Thin Lizzy, you look at a band like uh wishbone ash, um, these are bands with two guitars that weren't necessarily metal bands at that point. Sure. Thin Lizzy, when they got John Sykes in the band later on and did thunder and lightning, that's more of a metal album than say Chinatown or jailbreak or, or stuff like that. So much like other waves of music, what comes before you is maybe an influences you maybe isn't as heavy, but the next band to come along kind of makes it a, a little heavier. And that's why I think now you've got so many extreme metal bands because you kind of went from the Beatles to Black Sabbath to Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin and, you know, stuff like that. And you kept evolving with a lot of these other bands that, you know, we're talking about. You, you get a band like... Like Rush. Rush initially started out like Led Zeppelin. Hmm. But then they were heavily influenced by Yes and King Crimson and stuff like that. So they added something else to to what they were doing that no one else, you know, within hard rock or, or metal was doing. 
just think about that. Rush got on the radio and sold big amounts of albums with putting out, with doing a lot of prog stuff, but at the same time did, did radio friendly songs that to this day still get played on the radio. Mm. So I think they were, they were probably the first band that were smart enough. We're talking about crossovers. They crossed over, you know, the, the progginess of some of the bands that I mentioned with other bands that influenced them, like the who, Uh, and the the police well i think all of that kind of comes in comes into play with one another Mm. you know they all kind of start influencing one another and i think that's another thing that a lot of people don't realize the police came out what almost 10 years later than rush yeah but uh you can hear it on signals uh especially Mm -hmm. but that a lot of these bands, whether it's keeping up with what's new or just being just flat out influenced by something else that came out later on. I think they're just huge albums that I and that and that's a shame. You bring up the police. So many people think of Synchronicity and I think Synchronicity is their worst album. <laughs> I think everything that they did before that was a bigger influence on on bands than synchronicity was synchronicity. You take away every, every breath you take and stuff like that. You think about some of the older or some of the, yeah, older albums, they've got deep tracks where they're mixing in so many different styles of music and so many things that the first time you hear the the things is just mind blown in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, their first album Okay, uh, we used to cover a song off of that called "Next to You," yeah, which is mm-hmm. real. That's a fast song. Yeah, very punky. Uh, when they did it live, it was super punky. Uh, it was awesome, you know, just guitar, bass, drums, wailing, and I mean, gee, maybe they maybe they created thrash. <laughs> well, Anthrax covered them twice. They did "No Time This Time" and. It might be next to you. Hmm. Um, let me see. Well, yeah, if you want to, let's go Joe Jackson then. He he created Thrash. There you go. <laughs> At the time. Yeah. There was a lot of speedy stuff, man, and punk and uh, new wave yeah. and rock. And I mean, I know the fastest song I ever, the first song that was so fast I couldn't play it all all the way through the first time was uh Rathchild, Iron Maiden. And I got mm-hmm. that out and dropped the needle on that. I mean, I had to take a break after the second verse. I'm like, man, my fingers are just, I, I, I can only go so fast. And yeah, it's next to you. Next yeah, to you, I did on the last John Bush album. It was a B side. I need to hear that. Yeah. And they also did, like I said, no time this time, which is on, an Australian tour EP. Cool. Well done, guys. So, yeah, I mean, let's face it. Music is all about being influenced by a lot of different people. Yeah. yeah. Nobody invented this stuff. It just it just evolved. And so, hey, let's just enjoy it. But yeah. it is a fun discussion. 
Yes, absolutely. And I think we could all confirm that Brian May, um, astrologist or whatever he is, I think his head was in the stars when he said, uh, <laughs> Queen may have invented thrash. <laughs> well, he said, he said may have invented, I don't know. And, and who knows the whole context of the, that discussion? Yeah. 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 No, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, being that you brought up treat in the chat before we, <laughs> before we get to that. Okay. Um, this is something that I, that I've been thinking a lot about lately because a lot of the videos that I've been posting to Patreon, a lot of them are from Swedish bands. Mm. Hmm. So we all have, I think bands that in our opinion should have been bigger than what they were. And the band that we're currently listening to that we think that everyone should know. So, um, Johan, what Swedish band do you think should have been really big, but didn't get to be as big as they should have? Mm-hmm. I got at least five minutes to think about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, no problem. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, a lot of Swedish bands do get a lot of attention. Okay. The good well, ones. Well, you are. Yeah, but not, you not know, here. Mm-mm. If we look back in time, I would say uh, a band that got some attention, but the two or yeah, the two first records they made were uh, the band Talisman. Okay. Uh, Great as you, band, by the way. Yeah, fantastic band, but yeah. they came out perhaps a year too late. Yeah, it okay. was a little bit too close to grunge, but uh, yeah. their two first records are, uh, I mean, that's great, great hard rock, sometimes a little bit AOR, but the players on the those records are, you. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, uh, Jeff, Scott, Jeff Scott Soto on vocals mm-hmm. uh, and um, Frederick from Opeth. On guitar, right, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, of course the bass player, whose name I forgot now because he's oh Marcel Jacobs. He played with Ingve, uh, and then right. yeah, great songwriter. So uh, Talisman, uh, if you look back, another band that I don't know, I don't think they got so much international attention is uh, Heavy Load. Okay. Uh, Heavy Load isn't on Spotify or any other streaming service. So you have to check them out on uh, YouTube. And they were kind of big here in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, A little bit like, you know, the lyrics are a bit cheesy, but <laughs> like they were in those days. Right. So good melodies. Uh, check them out. Heavy load. Yeah, sometimes cheese is good too. So yeah, I like, I like cheese. Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> uh, yeah, and now, I mean, now it's we have so many good bands. Uh, you know the band Screamer from my hometown. Mm-hmm. They are putting together a 
small festival here in about a month uh, here in my hometown. Uh, and they have fantastic lineup with new Swedish bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would send you a link later on for that festival because I'm going to see it. But the bands like... Um, um, oh, just because I'm here now, it's I'm blanked out. Um, yeah, no problem. Brad, you can talk. <laughs> Brad, hey, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna second what you said about Talisman. In fact, I, I was um, earlier today on yardmetal.com. Uh, we played Talisman Tears in the Sky. You familiar with that song, Johan, off of the album Life from 1995? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm, um, it, it, it is everything you want in a rock song with unbelievable bass guitar playing. I mean, it's kind of like, what if Mr. Big was really good? That's, that would be Talisman. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I'm sorry. I, 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 I have the hardest time getting into Mr. Big. I listen to their stuff and I'm just like, it's just not really moving me, man. I mean, there's no doubt the loads of talent there, but the songs are just, uh, the songs just aren't doing it for me. But Talisman, they got the songs. Yeah. They do. The, the Paul Gilbert guitar behind me is uh, go, going to uh, argue with you on that point. Um, he he he's gonna argue that they got the songs. Okay, maybe, yeah, maybe no. make a, give me your top five Mr. Big songs. Oof, that's difficult. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was never a huge fan. I yeah, see me neither. I I and I've tried. I've really tried. I um, you know, nice guys and everything. And like I said, no denying the talent, but the the, the songs have just kind of. I, I find myself playing, you know, listening to the album and going, eh, yeah, it's okay. not making me want to listen to more. So my Mr. Big playlist is seven songs long. Wow. wow. You, got you, have a, you have a Mr. Big playlist. Yes. Well, <laughs> he's Victor. He's, he's the king of rock. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. Guys, I guess just to fill you in with the bands that I uh, okay. promise you have. To, uh, so besides Screamer, uh, a band called Lucifer. Okay, I know yeah. them. Yeah. And then uh, Necromant and uh, Dream Evil. Okay. And, uh, Skräcködland, a Swedish name, but they sing in English, Skräcködland. Hmm. Uh, I mean, this is a good lineup of... Not big, but big underground bands here in Sweden, mm. um, especially Dream Evil. They they play, yeah, mm. bigger venues. So it's going to be fun to see all those bands at the club show. Cool. Brad, so let me break it down further for you. What's Claw the is Clawfinger a song or a band? That's a band. That's a band. Or is, or is that an appetizer? <laughs> Coughing, um, yeah. Brad, what's the biggest band to come out of Utah? Oh wow, wow! That's a, besides uh, the Osmonds. Besides the Osmonds, there you go. Yeah, throw them out. Um, I mean, you could kind of argue. Oh, uh, guy, okay, who's the guy? Um, is it Neon? Oh, Neon Trees or something like that? Are they? Is that a band? Neon trees, maybe. 
Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I feel like they, they came from here. I know like the, the, the singer in the killers, he uh, supposedly came from here. Uh, uh, you're uh, thinking of imagine dragon, imagine dragons. They come from here too. Yeah. It looks like it. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. And isn't there like a neon trees? Am I, th- or is that the name of their album? That's the name of one of their albums. Okay. That's it. So it's imagine dragon. Oh, no, there is a band called neon trees as well. So there's, okay, so on Wikipedia, biggest bands are Imagine Dragons, The Used. Oh, yeah, The Used. Forgot about that. Uh, Chelsea Grin. Got nothing there. And Neon Trees. Yeah, I've posted Chelsea Grin to um, Patreon before. You guys don't like the singers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So. Um, it, it should The top band from Utah should have been Paint Your Dog. So. Yeah. Well, in our mind, it is. We had it. We had our moment. Really um, okay. So, what would you consider a band in general that right now people don't know of that they should know of? In the, the U.S. Well, I have to go. Can I go U.S. band or I mean, yeah, got yeah the U.S. New- band. I'm not going to make it that difficult for you. Okay, I'm going to go with a band that uh, is coming up here pretty quick, Drug Metal, and uh, Bombay Black. Okay. Uh, they're out of Arkansas, and they're a hard rock band. I, I think their riffs, their songs are just great. And the, 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 I, I was like, how did these guys get no attention at all? And uh, they haven't done anything new in a while, but I know they're still struggling. It's all the, you know, that's all they got is music. And I don't know, but that's, that's a band everybody should give a listen to. If you like hard rock, they're really good. They write okay. good songs. Good, uh, good to kind of, you know, we talked about the whole thing about humor and music and uh, they, they kind of inflict a little humor in uh, their lyrics, mm-hmm. but it's not overtly. I mean, it's not, it, it's, it's done, uh, done with style. Okay. So there you go. So Arkansas, since I, since I lived in Arkansas for a little while, I'll, I'll claim them as a, a band. Okay. So if, if you were as if I know that Johan is the food and wine connoisseur here, if you were to pair them with another band as a comparison, who would it be? You're pairing a good wine to a, to a meat here. That... That's a really good question. Um, I think they fit well with a lot of the um, L.A., you know, uh, Sunset Strip kind of metal scene. Okay. Mm. So, yeah, I think they fit in well with that type of thing with a a Southern Twinge. I don't know. Yeah, 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 that's everybody's homework assignment. Go listen to them. Let me know what you think. Mm -hmm. So... We never did solve the Clawfinger thing, or did we? No, Clawfinger's a band. Oh, it is a band. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that- they're from Sweden and Norway. Ah, so, wait, wait, both places? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Clawfinger isn't the secret. They, I mean, they play a, a big uh, festival still in Germany. They were huge here in Europe in the 94, 93 Rap metal. Rap okay. metal? Yeah. Or crap metal. Okay. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not my thing. Oh good. Well that keep that saves me from 
having to go listen to him then. No, you don't have to. <laughs> I, I feel like I always, I, I always feel that I should do the Victor M. Ruiz uh, evaluation of music. I have to listen to it at least twice before I t- say it sucks. So no, you, you may find something there that you enjoy. It, you know, there you go. That's quote of the day. Uh, you might find something there that you enjoy. And, and yeah, that's why you shouldn't go into stuff with a closed mind. You should listen to things and be like, hey, what is this? Which, by the way, I, listening, I, I, I pulled out. I've been kind of getting my new music in order here because I've had some time to actually spend on that. Mm-hmm. And I ran across a band that I'm sure I found out about through uh, Victor's Patreon page, which if you're not a member and you like music, uh, you should definitely join. Even if you don't like music, you should join. Two bucks a month, get you get you in the door, get to hang out with us. It's not a bad thing. But anyway, this band, I believe, I thought it was just letters, S-A-H-G, but it, I think that's actually the name of the band is Sog. Right. Like mm-hmm. that? Okay. Is that what it is? Is that how you pronounce I, it? I honestly don't know. No, no. But so, I know what band you're talking about. So anyway, I was like, what? I, I need to, I, this is in my pile of new music. And I thought, well, I'm going to put it on as I'm walking today. And I'm like, holy crap, this is really good. This is actually pretty, you know, it's real instruments being played. It's pretty simple guitar, bass, and drums, good vocals. And the songs are good. And I'm like, I, get, I need to find out more about these guys. Turns out they're from Norway. Mm-hmm. So uh, Bergen, Norway. Uh, which where I'm going to be there in May. So maybe I'll have to look these guys up, see if they need them around. Uh, so, I, yeah, and they had an album that came out last year uh, that's actually pretty good. And they've been around for a little while. I think they've got six albums, something like that. But I got to dig more into them. So there you go. That was my new discovery today was Sog from Norway. And uh, thanks to Victor for planting that seed. Um I mean, I can make a whole long list of bands that Victor, because of Victor, I found out about. See and, that? Yep. <laughs> yeah, so I've I've never been to Bergen, Norway, but I've been in Bergen County, New Jersey, plenty of times. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably some bands from there. Okay, so it's your turn, Victor. Victor, there are plenty of bands. Okay. Bands so- band that you think should have been bigger. Yeah, from, I mentioned them Indiana. in I mentioned them in Patreon a few weeks ago. There's a band out of Philadelphia called Silver Tide. Okay, their yes. their first album is really really good. It's hard rock at the most. Uh, it's got a few southern rock elements to it as well. I actually play one of their songs on Yard Metal, believe it or not. It's you called do. Ain't Coming Home. Ain't Coming Home. Great song. Yeah, it is a great song. That's back from 2004. Yes. So I guess I need to uh, get into more of their music. Let's. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think they should have been huge. And they they never. They never ended up getting there. Um, and now, as I'm saying this, there's another band that I want to mention. Um Ah, I only remember the name of the song, Sweetwater. So there was a band in the um, Russell Crowe movie called uh, Almost Famous. Not Russell mm-hmm. Crowe, Russell... Russell Brand. No, I know it, was, it isn't Russell Brand either. <laughs> I know, Cameron. Cameron Crowe. Cameron, Cameron Crowe. Crow. Okay. 
I, no I got the right last name, wrong first name. Okay. <laughs> so there's a band in the 90s called Sweetwater. Yeah. So, That's brain right there. Uh, yeah. Probably a lot smaller. Um, so Sweetwater was a band that came out in the middle of grunge, I would say, but they weren't your typical grunge band because they had big, big anthemic choruses. They had seventies like guitar solos as well. So it was kind of atypical. Uh, they put out a bunch of different albums. The one that I listened to the most is their first album called it's a self-titled album. So to me, Sweetwater and Silver Tide are the two that should have been big, but didn't get there. Band that everyone should know that I'm I'm hoping become a lot bigger than than they currently are um, is a band out of Brazil that released a new album a few weeks ago called Electric Mob. Oh, I play a bunch of their stuff. Let me see what I got. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Again, thanks to you, Victor. See that? And I think their their new album is just great. So right now. The new electric mob called uh, to make you cry and dance and the new in flames to me are number one of the year so far. They're, they're tied. Yeah, um, totally agree on that, Victor. The new in flames album is fantastic. Yeah. Listen uh, to it all the time. Like I said, this, this is the album. I think anyone that was remotely a fan of them back in the day when they were a good band, yeah. this is the album everyone's been, been waiting for. Mm. So I'm I'm very happy with it. So That's we'll see. Cool. They're they're out of uh, Brazil, huh? Uh, Electric Mob, yes. Yeah, okay. All right. Um yeah, I I've only got the album that the uh, they that they did before that, but uh, I'll definitely get this new one. The live album or the studio album? No, 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 the studio album. It's, okay. Um, it's called uh Discharge. Yeah. Which you know, here, here's here's the problem with them, or not the problem. My biggest, the thing that I worry the most about them is that they're on Frontiers. Mm-hmm. Um, so Frontiers is a label that puts music out and then they forget about the bands. That's true. So my biggest thing is, are they the right label? to help this band get to the next level. Wow. You know, would they be better off on a earache or century media or mm-hmm. nuclear blast or, or, or even, you know, a Roadrunner who now does a little bit more commercial stuff. Would these labels be better suited for them to help get them some sort of airplay? Hmm. That's a great question. I mean, are any labels, uh, yeah, what are labels really doing nowadays to help bands? I don't know. Well, I think a lot of them are getting played on Sirius XM. You know, okay. they're getting on Octane and stuff like that, and they, and they don't have to be um, older bands to get on there. So mm-hmm. I think younger bands do have that. Uh, also, you have... Playlists on Spotify and on Apple Music and on YouTube and stuff like that, where 
labels are helping get uh, bands on there. So that's the, that's another one to uh, consider. So we have uh, our latest patron, Sean, in the chat. Hope you're doing well, sir. Uh, we had uh, Anthony, who's claw finger uh, comment we've been mentioning as well. So, um, so another another Frontiers band that I like a lot is Bloody Heels, which I think okay. is just an awful name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they've they've got I think. I mean, what it takes to to be somebody. I mean, they've got decent songs. They look good. They play well. You, you look up, find some live footage of them. I mean, they're they're really good live. I mean, they're good players, and it's just guitar, bass, drums, great singer, and I mean, it's a band that has everything. Right. Look, look the whole thing. But yet, yeah, you're right. Maybe it's Frontiers that's keeping them from going anywhere. Because who who's you know. They'll play in Germany. Aren't they from Latvia or something like that? Lithuania. Uh, could be. I mean, uh, yes. And, and that's that, that, that's that's kind of the thing. So everything that I mentioned about Frontiers, I believe to be true. But at the same time, they're one of these labels like Napalm, let's say, who's taking a chance on these bands and putting them out there. Yeah. Well, I say another band that I, I haven't done seen them getting a lot of push is Gearish and the Chronicles. I mean, they've, I mean, certainly Gearish now because of Frontiers is getting plugged into different bands. Um, who is he? Just, just somebody else just announced that he was going to be fronting their band other than End Machine. Was it End Machine? Is that right? That's, that's, that's one. Then he's also been in a band called Firstborn with um, uh, James Lomenzo, who's currently in Megadeth, Chris Adler, who's the old drummer of Lamb of God, and the guitarist, I don't remember uh, what his name is. I feel like I saw something in the news, some other band that their singer left got fired or whatever, and that Gearish was taking over that spot too. So maybe, maybe he's the new Ronnie Romero. Could be. Yeah, what about Ronnie Romero? Hey, we're really going off on a tangent here. Is he ever going to become a, a like a name that the average person would would know, other than us music geeks? Other other than Jolyn Turner throwing darts at his face, <laughs> <laughs> or trying to pull his hair out. <laughs> I look. I think that Ronnie's talented, but. That covers album he just released. Some of the stuff is just not good on there at all. Doesn't help him. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. And then he does this kind of David Coverdale type voice where it's (laughs) like the, the smooth, like lower registry voice where he's trying to be, you know, the, the, the sexy singer per se. And to hear that, with some of the songs that he does just doesn't work. It, it seems like there are songs where he needs to be more aggressive with his approach, in mm. my opinion. And that's, that's where he, that's where he fails. Like he's kind of looking for 
he's 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 trying to get that radio friendly hits voice and it mm. just doesn't work for everything so I, I don't know again that's part of the part of the problem that that label has is they really don't have good production with a lot of the things that they release so you're probably not paying a producer to point them in the right direction where you know unless you're Kevin Shirley for the most part you're getting paid to tell people what what to do and what not to do you know yeah i've i've never seen him live but i saw some footage of a michael shanker show that he was fronting and he sings really really well but he didn't have a lot of presence up there right just kind of, yeah yeah he I'm like, yeah, it's one thing to be able to sing, but I guess it's two different things, being a front man and then also being a good vocalist. And to put those two together, I don't know you could teach somebody to be a good front man. I don't know. I think you just kind of have to have it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Look, look at Motley Crue now that they have John Five. You had and, – and it's funny because when I was seeing him move around – I'm thinking, oh shit, they're going to start to bump into one another. And forgetting <laughs> that Mick used, used to move all the time until he started getting really, really sick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that makes a complete difference. Then again, you have the extreme with Yannick Gares, who is doing his ballet shit up there with Maiden. <laughs> So sometimes too much movement is also not good. <laughs> he kind of stays. I think they got him taped off in that corner. Right. Like you cannot come out of this box. I've, I've seen the, the, uh, the show I saw them do on the book of stools uh, tour, <laughs> <laughs> but, but he was, he was, Bruce was up on the, the riser and yeah. came over to him and started screwing with him. It was pretty funny. He started poking him with stuff and Yannick had no idea what was going on, uh, but you could you could tell. I, I think the guys look at him and he makes them laugh. So it's kind of yeah. like, yeah, that's why, that's why he's in the band. He just we just look at him and it's like, okay, <laughs> it's 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 I, he makes me laugh too. It's like that's, right. that's a guy having fun. They'll get him, but I mean, I can't I can't tell you one of his solos that's memorable. Or it's like, wow, that was you know. I th- I think it's the opposite. I think it's. You check out some of the live DVDs and you see him play one of the older solos. And you're like, no, they've got the guy who originally did that solo on stage. Let him do it. Yeah. You know, he'll do like two minutes to midnight and it's just a sloppy, fast solo. It's like, yeah, this kind of doesn't yeah. do it for me. Yeah. I, I The first time I saw him is when Bruce did his uh, solo tour. Right. Or a tattooed millionaire, and um, yeah, he was and he was just bonkers back then, I and mean, just beating the guitar with the cable and and jumping around and and he had a really thin, you know, he plays a Fender, yeah, and uh, yeah, he just didn't have a real good heavy rock sound, um, and was kind of silly. So, I guess things haven't changed much. Well, he, he seems like a nice guy. He did come from uh, Ian Gillen's band. Mm. Is Yannick? Is he, he? He's not British, is he? He's from Wales, I believe. So technically, yes. Oh, he's Welch. No, he's Welch. Really? He's Welch. Okay. 
Yannick Gez? That sounds like Dutch or something, doesn't it? Yeah, but there, what do I know? There is there is such a thing as migration, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's from England. Okay, all right. He's from Haddlepool, England, and I'm sure that Jeremy, whenever he gets a chance to listen to this, will correct me on the way that I just pronounced the name of that town. So. Yeah, we need our uh, our Brit correspondent here, our UK correspondent. Well, I guess we got two. Well, wait, Sean's here. Sean, yeah. help us out with the pronunciation. <laughs> Hartlepool, 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 Hartlepool. I guess. No, Hartlepool, Hartlepool, Hartlepool. Yes, <laughs> it was in there somewhere. There you Brilliant. go. <laughs> <laughs> John, John, you need to jump in here and uh, join us. <laughs> Same with Anthony. Ant- Anthony needs to get in with the get in with the show. Let's let's see with the uh, 1984 episode. I um, hope so. You guys need to you guys need to be here. That's next week, isn't it? Yes. So so far, what has been harder to choose? Albums from '84 or '83 for you guys? '84, '84. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm uh, really struggling. The hardest year. So uh, many number ones. It was, it was easy to pick out. This is my my list. You can't read it, of course. But um, it was easy to pick out ten songs out of the the. These are just the albums that I thought were really good in 1984. There's I don't right. know how many. Probably more than about 25. It was easy to pick ten out of them to choose from to order. But then when it comes down to saying which one's number one, there, yeah, there's like five number ones here. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think it's going to be the harder thing will, will be to figure out who number two will be. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be analyzed. Um, I'm not, I, 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 I won't, I won't give it away, but several people have voted for Animalize. Good album. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Animal Eyes is as bad as. Um... Wait, 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 Sean! You can still join in. You got. Yeah, you got. Yeah. Our, he's got what a week, a five five days to make Victor's job easy. You can. You can surely do this in five days. Well, we'll. Yeah, Victor will send you all the information, or I will. Yeah. Well, it's it's easy, Sean. All you have to do is send me a message. We usually talk via Patreon. Send me. Your top 10 albums for 1984 and a song per per album. And then based on that, number one will get 10 points. Number two will get uh, nine points, three, eight, all the way down to number 10, which will get one point. And I'll also build a playlist, which has everyone's songs. So the idea behind that is if you want to introduce that year to somebody, all the great music that came out, you say, look, here's this playlist. Now tell me this isn't the best year for music. And you pass along the link and have them listen to those songs. So that's that's the idea, to turn people on to songs maybe they haven't heard before or albums or to revisit stuff that you haven't listened to in a really long time. Mm. 
Yeah, there's and there's so many on my list that aren't real hard rock or rock albums either that are more in the new wave kind of category. But um, I kind of my top ten is going to be pretty pretty rock and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I like say, the, I, I'll just have to mention a couple here: In Excess, The Swing. Okay, mm-hmm. what, a, what a great album! Um, Wang Chung points on the curve. I love that album as well. Okay, talk 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 talk. It's my life. That's a great album. First, okay. first song I ever heard when I had the old um, portable disc man. Uh, it was one of the newer ones where I could play uh, MP3 CDs. Nice. So when I arrived here a uh, little over 19 years ago, first song that came on my disc man when I hit play was. Uh, it's my life, but it's the no doubt version. Talk talk version. <laughs> so uh, I will always remember that. Yeah. I've... <laughs> For 1984, Johan, number one, Grace Under Pressure, you think? Mm-hmm. It should be. It should be number one, two, or three. Otherwise, I will be, you know. Just so everyone knows. Why is that not even on my list? What? <laughs> <laughs> what, Brad? Wait, wait, wait. Have to re- it is, re- wait, wait. It's been corrected. It's on my list now, Johan. It's on there. Wait, wait. I haven't sent my list in yet. Brad said that, and then all of a sudden, collectively, this is what went through Johan's head. The needle just went across the the entire album. (laughs) Uh, By the way, that's a great sound effect, Victor. Hang on to that one. Oh yeah, that's 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 here. That's that's fantastic. Um. So uh, yeah, okay. So we've got about five more minutes before I think uh, Opus will join us, so long as he has all his stuff sorted out. Um, Real quickly, I always like to talk about how music has an emotional connection. Um, Do you have a go-to song to kind of cheer you up, to get you out of a bad mood? Wow. You have you start, Victor. I have to think think for a minute. Wait, wait. My throat hurts. I can't talk. Um, There are so many, so many songs. For me, for me, honestly, I mean, it's it's funny because a lot of people talk about how. certain metal bands or artists have very uplifting lyrics kind of, you know, Hey, we can get them, you know, you need to believe in yourself. Um, I'm going to jump in then right there. Never surrender Saxon. Never surrender Mm -hmm. Saxon. Yeah. That's, that's one of my favorite songs of theirs. And that, I mean, talk about a song that's just like, yeah, never surrender when you're up against the wall, never surrender. Yeah. Fight them all. I mean, that's a that, that's great stuff. They they Biff's rewrote that so many times, and you know, <laughs> uh, the same type of lyric, and and I'm all for that, man. 
Yeah. Never surrender. Yeah. As, as I was, as I was discussing this, the lyrics to uh, believer by Ozzy came to mind. Mm. Um, Great, great bass intro to that. Absolutely. But the lyrics to that as well. Um, There you go. Antonio is saying wasp. I want to be somebody. Nice one. Another great one. Yeah. Um, Let's see. I want to make sure that I don't have the lyrics screwed up. (laughs) That's right. Nobody knows the lyrics. You've got to believe in yourself or no one will believe in you. Imagination like a bird on the wing flying free for you to use. Okay, baby. Um, obviously that was uh, Bob Daisley. <laughs> Not oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, the other one, the other one too, it's one of the reasons why favorite album, favorite song, uh, Kisses Creatures of the Night. Um, I don't know. There's one part of the song there that I remember the first time I heard it, like caught my imagination. Um, Paul Stanley says, remember when the clock strikes 12, the losers always win. So it always made me feel, Hey, even if things are going bad, you can turn this around and you can come out ahead. So that to me has always been an uplifting lyric. You need to treat yourself like number one. It ain't a crime (laughs) to be good to yourself. (laughs) <laughs> okay there mr lick it up lick it up <laughs> now i have two songs now johan uh, has two songs all right yes yes so uh new war new order true faith okay i need to hear this now and uh toto home of the brave okay great song we, Two we know positive that, songs. That Johan is a uh, very big Toto fan. Yeah. Isn't the first time that we've talked about Toto. I will say it's probably the first time we've talked about um, New Order. Yeah. But I guess I will yeah. say that when I started um, doing my site, uh, Ear Peeler, Peter Hook of New Order kept liking and repeating. And retweeting yes. tweets of mine. And I'm like, okay, I'll take it. Um, I'm not sure if it was actually him or if it was somebody who worked for him. But sounds good to me. Sean is yeah. saying spoon. I got nothing. Okay. I have to check that one out. I'm not no, familiar no. with it. Hey, Hookie's a bass legend, man. You're, you're, you're lucky to get that kind of traction. Great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's so, king, king of the upper register. Here's 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 another thing. I I because my Rock and Roll Hall of Fame rant wasn't long enough last week. No, last week was the Grammys. <laughs> how how are they inducting trying to induct Joy Division and New Order together? They're two different bands. Different mm-hmm. band members. Yes, there are band members that are the same, but there are also different band members there. So yeah, that's lame. So so why not just induct Deep Purple and Rainbow? Rainbow should be 
<laughs> or Deep Purple and White Snake. So I mean that's it's it's kind of the same thing, or you know. Black sure. Yeah, well, that's the, there's another one. You, see, they broke that out. I mean, didn't they? Didn't did Ozzy get inducted as just oh, a solo? Not yet. Ozzy? No, Randy Rhodes got in. Randy mm-hmm. Rhodes got in as a solo artist. All right. So yeah, yeah, Sean's correct there. They don't have a clue. Yeah, but it's 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 good for us though. to the show on all your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Go to SignalsFromMars.com for more information. This concludes our show. 